Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Oh, so it's one of those episodes. It's one of those episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that was some good ASMR for you guys. I hope so too. Okay, so while I can't tell you what this episode is going to look like just yet, I can tell you where we're at. Y'all, business is hard. It presents challenges that you don't anticipate. Things pop up that you never really imagined dealing with and you are pushed to grow as a person as you continue to grow your business. Hey, do you want something that inspires you, motivates you, and also sometimes makes you feel like the most inadequate human in the entire world? Do you want a job that literally makes you grow as a person every time you turn around? Be an entrepreneur. I know. I wish I could say it was always easier that I always knew what to do or that I had a clear path forward all the time, but I don't. (laughs) No, this is one of those weird seasons where I am convicted that I am on the right path and, (laughs) but I don't know exactly where it's going. So it started like this. (laughs) I voxed my good friend and a friend of the podcast fam, Jessica Ely. And was like, WTF is going on with my brain. And she boxed me back and I just immediately started crying. And then I called Abby and like snot cried for like 45 minutes. And we decided to basically hit record and kind of talk about it. So I want to like preface this conversation by saying this is truly, you know, there's a handful of episodes that we've done like this where this is truly one of those you know, in the weeds, we're workshopping it, we're probably going to even get clarity just by talking it out with you guys here. And we love that we have the space to get to do that. This isn't going to be something where it ends with a resounding and here are the three steps you should do to avoid or prevent this in your own business. We're probably going to have some tips for you throughout, but there's no closed bow on this yet. And it's one of those things that in and of itself, I'm learning over the years that I don't know if there ever will be honestly. And that's something that I'm also having to kind of come to terms with. But I want to kind of talk you out some of the headspace junk that's floating around in my brain to, you know, if you're thinking of the same things to make you feel maybe a little less alone. Yeah, you aren't alone. This isn't easy all the time. And I just because I happen to not be the one crying today, it doesn't mean I haven't (laughs) had my own handful of really incredibly hard days recently. 
full of lots of tears. I think at the moment I'm a little bit numb to the whole situation to the point of you could either laugh or cry and my tear ducts are just worn out. But (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So start at the beginning. What are the things we were working on our business that led to this like burnout zone that you're in? Well, (laughs) I'll definitely get into specifics. I think the interesting thing that I even need help remembering is there isn't really a, you work really hard and then it gets easy and then it's always easy. I forget sometimes that there are hustle modes of work and there are rest modes of work. And sometimes those hustle modes are deliberate and very intentional. And sometimes they're kind of thrown on you. And in the case that we're in right now, it was both deliberate and intentional. And then other stuff was thrown on it. And it made it double time, triple time, right? And there were choices and actions that maybe we would have waited on or spread out if we had known other things, but you literally can't know what you don't know, or you don't know until it happens, right? And so we have talked about many times on this show about how you know, 2018, 2019 were interesting years for us. And 2020, as weird as that year was, before everything hit the fan for the world, we had decided internally that 2020 was going to be a year of like stability, a little bit of growth, like realistic growth, comfortable growth. And we were going to kind of take a breather because 2019 was, was hard, was really hard. We wanted some time. We needed that space to really reflect upon our products, our mission, what we're doing, and to get back to like having work be fun again. And so we achieved that. We really, really did. We, God, I was, I am still so proud of us for the work that we put in. And I feel like my brain was like, this is it. Like, this is how easy it's going to be forever because you're never going to want anything more than right now. And it's just not true. It's not true for us. I'm not saying it couldn't be true for you. Abby and I had very, like so many conversations knowing we were kind of at a fork in the road, right? Where it was like, we can continue doing what we're doing and see the results that we're getting. And that would be fan freaking fantastic. We knew what that was going to be like. We knew what that would give us. It was comfortable. It felt good. It felt safe. And we chose that for many months. And then we decided that we wanted more, that we did want other things, that we did want this company to grow, that we did want to hire employees, that we did want to do some really big impact, big girl decisions, even outside of products in our audience and our clients and our community and everything, even on top of all of that. And so when we made those decisions to say, okay, yeah, like we've been comfortable and now we want a little bit more. We want some different things. And so it takes work. It takes outlining. It takes action for those things to happen. And so my body started to get used to that a little bit, like used to the comfort and the easy breezy. And then we added on a little bit more, which was okay because it was intentional. And then just some, some things outside of our control within our personal lives and with work lives happened that just started to make everything feel really like a lot. And I called you because as you guys know, I, I joke about this, but it actually like, it makes me feel all sorts of ways where if you've been listening for a long time, you've heard this story before, but where Abby and I were working with clients 
and we were doing a lot. We were doing the most, right? And I got so over it. And if you know me at all, on any personal level whatsoever, you know that Emily is the like, I'm in it, I'm in it, I'm in it until I decide that I'm not. And then like, I literally couldn't hate it more. I'm like, you're dead to me. I'm so over it. And I've been there with work. I got there with clients. I literally picked up the phone and called Abby and said, if I have to pick up my camera for one more client, then I quit. And if this is what we're going to, the type of work that we're going to keep doing, then I don't want to be a part of it. And she was like, let's fix that then. And that's when we completely pivoted and revitalized our entire business and things got hard and then things got easier and then things got hard again. And then here we were. And I think I am so (laughs) traumatized from what led me to make that call that I'm trying now to look ahead and prevent my mental headspace, my body, my physical space to not get back to that point of wanting to make that call again. Yeah. Well, and to preface this by saying like, your mind can play all sorts of tricks on you. Like mine does all the time. Even if you know, like in your heart and in your head and you could you could say it out loud and totally believe it one way. And then in the next breath, feel something so controversial to that thought or idea. Yeah. Like that can happen so frequently that you become confused about what's real and what's not. 100%. Well, and if you guys have met a Libra ever in your life, that is my sign and I am a Libra to the T. And I've mentioned this on another episode pretty recently too, where something about myself, because also if you know me, you know, I'm, I'm very opinionated and I'm passionate. And when I do make a decision, I, I stand behind that and I will defend that decision and the right to do that thing or would that choice or whatever it may be until my dying breath. But to make that decision is a lot harder than it may seem from the outside. And I'm honestly like, riddled with (laughs) doubt more often than I am certainty. And I think, so what, what led the Voxer theme? So actually what led the conversation today to like one sentence that kind of came out of it, that even when I said it, I was like, Ooh, having a like out of body experience for a second. I was Marcoing my friend Maddie and talking to her about hiring and growth and teams and everything. And really talking about the concept of, when you know you're in a growing season and you know that on the other side of this is going to be a different version of yourself, the choices that you are making to get to that person and those actions and that way of living, how do you know the difference between this is just uncomfortable because it's a little hard, it's a little scary, it's a little unknown versus this is out of alignment and I don't want to do it like this or at all. And I think that is the root of a lot of where my anxiety has been coming from lately of, am I just uncomfortable and I need to push through it and talk it out and rely on my support system? Or is this not what I want to be doing? And not this as in this job, but this is in this one decision or this change or this whatever. And so I was talking to you today of just, I said, let me just brain dump. I don't even need you to sit here and say, here's the answer, because there is none. I just need, I need to come to you sooner with the junk that's going on in my head, not to burden you with it, but 
So I don't get to the point on my own of being like, I'm done. Right. Well, it's weird. We go through, you know, it's life is cyclical. You have seasons, like you mentioned, where things are easy and you feel really true to yourself and you feel comfortable and secure. And then there are things that come up for you that question all of that. And that's just, that's just how life goes. But what's weird about going into a season of growth, and I know we've talked about like, quote unquote, a season of growth. Usually you guys think about, you know, who do you need to hire and what does your budget need to look like? And what is the launch plan? And like, how are you actually strategically growing your business? And what I don't think people talk enough about is the actual mindset work that has to happen that allows you to do those things. And it really depends on the kind of person you are. I mean, Emily and I have been able to power through a lot of growing seasons by just literally doing the tasks to get there. But ignoring our feelings, (laughs) ignoring boundaries, and just hunkering down and doing it. And I think we're at a point in our life where that's just not something we're as good at anymore. I'm not saying we can't because we definitely have shown up days and we're like, I'm going to pretend I'm this old version of myself because yeah, I can. And that's exactly it too. Because what's been happening is we've been fucking growing as we've been trying to grow. We've been actually growing mentally. And so we look back on the decisions we used to make and the sacrifices we used to make and our mental headspace. Now we're strong enough to honor it. We're strong enough to set the boundaries because we've learned those skills. And we're looking at those old versions of ourselves who would say yes to all these things and do all the things to make it happen and say, I can't let her do that anymore. Right. And I'm strong enough to say no to that. I still think I'm in a space of, I'm strong enough to say no to some of those things. And it still makes me feel like shit. Well, but I think it's because the season we're in is imagining growth that we have no representation of in our lives. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. Emily and I grew a business to the point that we are making more money than every member of our family, all of our relatives, like all of it. (laughs) And it's an incredible place to be and an honorable place to be. But it also means if we want to grow, it doesn't really come down to personal income is like a very small portion of what we're talking about here. It's we want to grow because we want to grow our impact. We want to grow because we want to employ more people who are going to make a bigger impact than we can do by ourselves. And so like when that happens, you're pushing yourself from a million different angles. But when you come back to it and you have no, you have no window to look through to say, here's a peek into the future of what it could be like when there's literally like vast space in front of you and you can't see a damn fucking thing. It is scary as shit to walk through the fog. And here's the bullshit my brain does. If our listeners are three or an overachiever or an only child or firstborn or insert anything similar to what we have going on, you'll resonate with this. I feel like (laughs) here's my unhealthy brain. When I'm in an unhealthy space, this is where my brain goes. So you've said all those things right now, right? Of what we've accomplished, how big our business has grown and the goals that we want and the impact that we want to have. For the last like, I don't know, year, six months, year, 
my unhealthy brain, and it's gotten more manic in the last like month or so, my brain immediately goes to, okay, I've already, I've done these things and that's amazing. And that's going to keep growing. And I'm super proud of it. Awesome. What if I also do the exact same thing, but in my daughter's name so that when she's old enough, she can have everything that I have now, like as soon as she wants it. And what if I started another thing, not even a business, but like a venture, a thing, an investment, a whatever in her name so that she can start even further ahead than where I've gotten myself in our family. And it's the, it's not that that's a bad idea. I'm not saying that part, but what I've had to begin to realize is like, first of all, one thing at a time <laughs> and what has been weird for me, and I've talked to you about this in the sense, so, you know, we hired like a tax strategist and it took us forever to try to find someone who we wanted to work with in that way. And the thing I kept saying leading up to that hire was, I feel like we're missing opportunities. I feel like we're missing opportunities. I feel like we can make, be making different decisions and save money here and make money here. And I feel like there's things that we just don't know again, because we've never had this landscape laid out for us. There's literally no one in our family or circle who we can go to maybe a couple of people now because of some people we're meeting right now, but not three months ago, who we could go to and say, okay, like when you had this much money or when you were making this or when you had a choice to put fucking $25,000, where would you do it? What would you do? And I felt like as the old doer of me was just this one, like absolutely FOMO missing out on what everyone else knew that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just a, first of all, it's a really shitty place to <laughs> super fun. My brain run your life in business because, okay, here's the thing. If you run your life from a place of FOMO, then you're always chasing something you don't have. And we've talked yes. about, we've done a whole yes. episode on this before we've done an episode on contentment and oh my God, if you have not listened to that, please, do. <laughs> we talk about the difference between trying to strive to be happy versus trying to strive to be content. And I promise you, we did untap that. Yes. For a while. And I think the part that's challenging now is because we are intentionally choosing to push ourselves we are no longer content and it's questioning yeah. everything we've worked so hard to achieve. Not that we, that it has discounted any of that, but you have to become a different person. And I know we keep saying that, but I really want you to think about it like this. You are a certain way. And some of these changes happen like on their own. You're a certain way when you're a kid and then you think about, okay, when I go to high school, this is the kind of person I want to be. And you try to change yourself. You do things to try to show up as that version of yourself. You do the same thing when you go to Girl, as the As a person who, so my parents divorced when I was like two and my dad immediately moved out of state. And so we would have to drive four hours to meet up with each other. And by the time I turned six, I was able to fly from Tulsa to Kansas City. There used to be, you know, round trip, no stops one way, blah, 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 like 36 minute flight, super easy. I was six years old. So from the time I was six to the time I was like 16, every other weekend, so four flights a month, I would be on a plane by myself every other weekend for a decade. The amount of people I got to pretend to be on the airplane with strangers 
I'm by myself. I'm meeting people who I will never see again in my life. And so that little kid, I acted like so many different people and it was fun. It was a game for me. It was exciting because I think our brains just do that, right? Like some personalities just do that. But like, that's how much it's ingrained to me to just like, I'm going to be a different person today. Well, I think the thing that happens in adolescence versus as an adult is in adolescence, it's because you're trying to become yourself and identify who that person is. And so you keep making, you're playing dress up, right? You're trying to figure out what feels good, what feels comfortable, what aligns with your values. Even if you can't even say what your fucking values are, you have them, they're in your body. Things will feel comfortable, things won't. And you grow into that person. But as an adult, when you start saying, I want to grow, you literally have to grieve the person you were. And that's incredibly challenging if you liked that person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because growing into a new version of yourself means that you often lose friendships or other connections in your life. The kinds of things and how you spend your time changes. The way your life looks literally changes. If you compared my life five years ago to the life I have today, there's literally no comparison. Mm -mm. None. Like I'm in a house four times as big. I have more money, more free time. My husband's home full time. We can do whatever, go wherever, whenever. Like all of these things I said I wanted, I grew into so that I could create the space so those things could happen. But then when you're moving forward and you're like, okay, but what does more look like? Okay, well, if you don't know what it looks like, then all you can focus on is the loss. If you don't have anything to think about what it's supposed to be like, then for me, and I think maybe this is where you're at, you focus almost entirely on the grieving process because you don't know who you're supposed to become or what you're supposed to look like. You just know that you have to let go of who you are right now. And that is terrifying. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, and I think, yes terrifying. And like, even simpler than that, sometimes you just don't know how, like you literally don't know how. And I think that's a big, big part of, you know, we love to learn. We are learners. We wanted to go be professors. Literally, that's what we were both headed to do before we're like, peace out grad school. It's in our nature. It's what we like to do. I love learning about new things and trying new things and implementing new things. And it's, I don't know, I think that there's the healthy way of doing that. And then there's the like, I feel like I have to do this thing in order to. And I think that's the zone that I've been in recently of really just trying to weigh the, this needs to happen and it's okay that it's happening and it's okay that you don't know it. It's okay that you don't learn it or haven't learned it yet versus well, the story I've been telling myself is you're just not good at it. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's hard because in the early part of your business, regardless of what your business is, there is so much education. There's so many places to learn. There's so many places to info gather. And the amount of available to you is like 100x what it was when we started. 100x easily, probably more than that. You have blog posts to turn to, communities to turn to, podcasts, like courses, all these things. But as you progress, the skills you need to pick up are not necessarily things that you can learn in an online course or read in a blog post. They're things you have to fuck up and literally learn the hard way. There are things you have to learn from experience. There are things you have to learn by bringing people into your life and into your corner to like you let go of it and you let them do it and you trust someone else. And those are not things 
are skills that we've really practiced a whole lot to this point. You know, we want to know how to do it right the first time so we can avoid everybody else's mistakes, right? Like, we all feel that way. I saw this meme that was like, I don't have to be good at everything. I just need to, I just need to be good at the things I try the first time I do them. Exactly. It's true. I mean, I see it in you. I mean, I definitely see it in me some, but I saw that so much in my mom Mm -hmm. that I feel like I'm a little more aware of how ridiculous that is. (laughs) Well, and the annoying thing is, is I straight up copy pasted that attitude into my kid. (laughs) And it's so annoying to watch her go through it. And I'm just like, if you could just not. (laughs) Right. Because this is a really poor example, but I remember as a kid, my mom would have very strong opinions about the most bizarre variety of things. But probably most predominantly for me was her opinion on certain sports. Certain sports were cool and fun and exciting and other sports she thought were dumb. (laughs) Like just straight up dumb. And the only reason I came to find out later in life, the only reason she thought they were dumb is because she wasn't good at them. Sounds right. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds right. So to me, all sports are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I am, interestingly enough, someone who loves to try new things. Mm -hmm. And when you come from a household where you only want to try it once and if you're not good at it, you move on, it's really challenging because I wanted adventure and I wanted to like try on all these hats, whether that was, you know, horseback riding two times and then tennis lessons and then whatever. And I somehow managed to push her to kind of like do a lot of that. But as an adult, it's a very interesting dynamic to feel that way because if you you either approach life like Emily where if you're not good at it the first time then you think you'll never be good at it and then you just attempt to move on and like more than that and try to figure out something else out which is why she quits early and often which is I mean no I love you but which is fine yeah well and the funny thing too is if I can practice in private and then get good at it, then I'll do it. But it's like the public practicing that I don't like. And Penny doesn't like that either. But I also read, I watched this TikTok the other day. It was, I should have sent it to you. So young woman, I don't know. I feel weird saying young woman because she's like maybe 10 years younger than us. But she was talking about how a thing that she loved that her parents did for her, that she like wants to instill in her future kids is that they let her quit. They let her quit often. They didn't shame her for quitting. There was a difference in like, so I would be really interested to see the wording that they used and like, okay, but you haven't even tried, so you're not quitting. But she wanted to do all the things, right? She wanted to try violin or horseback riding or soccer or like anything. And if she did it a couple of times and like literally didn't like it, they were like, quit, it doesn't matter. And so the skill that she pulled from that was if you're in a toxic relationship, fucking quit. It doesn't matter. If you're in a job you don't like, quit. It doesn't matter. Like find something else. And so she's always like caught herself, but she now has like no expectations where I feel like our generation was like, make it work, make it work, make it work, no matter what, at all costs, make it work. 
And like too much of anything is going to be toxic, right? So you could lean either way on this. But the values that she got from that was like, she is not embarrassed at all to just quit. Which is just bizarre to me. (laughs) Because the, the thing is, you know, if it really came down to it, you and I live our life a way where we like can experiment over here, right? Like all the other things. But... If you came to me and said, I'm quitting Boss Project, I'd be like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Literally not a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not saying that we couldn't figure it out, but like, that's just the way we were raised is like, if you create this thing and it's your thing, then like, figure it out. It's your thing. Uh-huh. That's it. I will say, at least we made some growth where we realized we could like pivot and adjust and reprioritize. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the conversation we would have is you're like, okay, you're not bouncing. What do we want to do differently instead? And it would just be a different reiteration. For sure. But it's just funny to me. It's the... I think too far either direction is dangerous. Yes. Agreed. Because her ability to just bounce sounds kind of flaky. (laughs) I mean, cool. Like... You're going to experience a lot, but like, how are you going to get good at anything if you're willing to just like give up so early and often? Uh huh. I don't know. I feel like some of the falling on your face, like in a way makes you stronger, but is that really just because of how we were raised? Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. Like you're literally hit in the face with a freaking ball and you're like, I'm done <laughs> with this. And your, your mom's like, you're great. You're, you're, you're great. <laughs> Keep going and there's just like blood and whatever like just, yeah rub some dirt in it keep going like mm-hmm. but that's just I think that comes down to parenting styles and generations and I'm sure the part that's bizarre is and we see this I think you see it more talked about in the like traditional workforce where people are working for corporations and they talk about these generational habits and like how people show up in that work environment. But I definitely think there's been less studies and less like actual research around how do those generational habits affect you working for yourself? Yeah. Because I mean, I could make some assumptions about it, how a boomer would show up versus a millennial. But what's interesting is with our age group, or at least speaking for myself, I was the kid who always like wanted to be like on every teacher's good side and like yeah. see how well I'm doing. Like, I want your praise. You better tell me how good I did. And I like, I went after that. And so how you see that translate into the entrepreneur small business spaces, if you're your own boss and you don't have anyone telling you you do a good job, you chase it from your followers. You chase it from your audience, which I did for a really long time. Also potentially very toxic. Yes. Yes. Seeking outside validation outside of yourself, you know, because it's all about We've talked about it. You have to feel good in your own skin in order to feel confident to like lead in any capacity. And I don't know, there's no right or wrong answer as to how you move forward with growth. I think I just have to remind myself that it's okay to not know. Yeah. And usually the not knowing is that you don't know like a hundred steps from now, but you do know the next three or four. Yeah. 
And so, like, why are you beating yourself up about not knowing where you're supposed to be 100 steps from now? Like, that's so dumb. I literally told Brian the other day in the kitchen when I was having one of my panic attacks, I wish I could just fast forward six months from now and be done. And he was like, yeah, that's no, you don't. He said, you really don't. I said, but I do. (laughs) I just want to go in a night for six months. (laughs) You want to hibernate through this season? Uh Yeah, I I feel it. Okay, so let me ask you this. Okay. Everything that we've talked about today. Okay. Knowing there's growth, knowing it gets hard, knowing the seasons are unpredictable, knowing that you can say yes to contentment and comfort, and you don't have to say yes to impact and growth, but you can if you want to, but then you're in charge of all of that. And then you got to push through it and change who you are. And you're learning more than you probably ever will in any other job or relationship or anything in your whole life. Would you still choose being your own boss? Oh, yeah. (laughs) isn't that the messed up part of all of this because none of this none of this would be possible like none of this would be possible without all of that because the cool part is and it's hard to explain to someone who's not like in the thrust of it but even though growth is hard and grieving your former self is hard I thrive on self-development. Yeah. I love it. And the hard seasons just prove to be this amazing story that I get to tell about my life. And like, they're almost, I mean, some of them are freaking deep wounded scars that I'm going to wear forever. And some of them are like when your brain bounced around in your skull. (laughs) Yeah. That the definitely <laughs> definitely having a traumatic brain like, injury was not when you so- did a Facebook live from the emergency room. <laughs> okay, I don't recommend that, just so you know. Also, for anyone who remembers, God bless you. If you weren't there, my most embarrassing moment, and I'll tell you right now, I mean I've had many, but like one of the top for sure was I'm laying in the bed, in the hospital room, in the emergency room. I'm fucking live telling people, guys, I was in a car accident, but I'm okay. And then like, not just a little bit, every alarm in my room went off. And I was like, no guys, I'm fine. And then I'm over and I'm like, actually, I'm not sure. Bye. I don't even know where I was. Like I had been called that you were in the accident. And then I like got a notification much later that you had been live. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Delete. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh no. I never expected to go through all of those things, but I would choose it again and again and again because It is one of the single best ways I have found to be in the driver's seat on getting to where I want to go. The driver's seat of your life. Well, I know that sounds like really freaking corny, but like when I worked for everyone else, I would sit in my desk, in my cubicle and just be like... I really wish I could just storm into this meeting and tell them to do it this way because I really think it could make a big difference, but I'm not going to get paid to do that. And I'm not going to get the raise I want. And then I wasn't like, I would get turned down for promotions that I knew I deserved. 
which I later found out was actually intentional. I didn't, there's this whole hiring philosophy about not promoting people that you see as flight risks. So like, because I was so good at my job, the likelihood of me job hopping was too high for them to promote me internally. Anyway, lots of things to say about that. (laughs) But I couldn't be here if I wasn't in charge. I remember sitting down, Emily was having one of her other moments of (laughs) panic, I'm sure. (laughs) And I was like, okay, girl, just pause for a second. I need to tell you something. And I had reviewed our numbers. And I know we don't talk about super specifics with you guys because we don't want you comparing. But I was like, Emily, do you realize compared to six months ago, we've given ourselves more than a 30% raise? I'm like, in the traditional environment, unless you job hop, an average is 3 to 5% per year. It could have taken us a decade to make that additional amount of money. Yeah. And we did it in six months on our own. Yeah. And if I know anything about myself, I am a serial monogamous, so I would not be a job hopper. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I like that you're monogamous. (laughs) I I married you, committed hard, married the guy I've been dating since I was 18. (laughs) It's fine. You should maybe take a few more risks, Emily. (laughs) Yeah. I've never known anything different than being my own boss. I had jobs in high school and college, but not a career. I've never, ever had a career outside of whatever I was doing on my own. You do have a career, just so you know. I say outside of what I'm doing on my own. What's interesting is since there are two of us, I don't know if anyone out there like maybe thinks that one of us feels like more of the boss, but I don't feel that. I don't like being told what to do. So I don't think that I could thrive in a traditional workspace environment. And I would be like you where I would say all the things that they needed to do better. No, you would. You would say all the things. You would work for way less money than you deserve. For more hours. For more hours. Mm -hmm. And you'd complain about it every night to your spouse. All the time. (laughs) I would complain about people. <laughs> oh, yeah. You would. I would. <laughs> I see it all very clearly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I get it. I've been there. But to kind of wrap this up, I know Emily said there's no bow because there's not. There's always a new season. There's always a new challenge. There's always something else coming around the corner. But the cool part is because you're in charge, you can either push the brakes on something or lean forward faster or whatever. You get to decide what makes sense for you. And if you ever do feel out of control with it, then take a step back, reanalyze. I know we've done this many times in our business where we're like, sit down and we'll write down everything we're doing, everything we feel like we have to do, all the things we've committed to, whether that's completely self-defined or outside or whatever. And you know, we cross stuff out, we drop stuff entirely, we told people no, we reallocated our roles, we delegated, we've hired, we've added systems, all of the above. And I think there's just, I want to empower you to know that if you end up in a season where you feel unsure and unsettled, it's not bad at all. 
all of that's okay. And you can take some of that ownership back by assessing where things might need to shift. And it, you might look at in the, in the mirror and I, I know this is what's been happening for Emily. She looks at it all and she's like, there isn't anything I want to not do. Mm-hmm. I just need to like be a little more confident, a little less stressed out along the way. So if that's the case, then maybe you need to slow down deadlines or maybe you need to add more intentional breaks throughout your day. Like it could be so simple, but sometimes when you're in the thick of it, it's really hard to pick that apart. Mm-hmm. No. And, and that's exactly what one of the things that Jess suggested is she was like, first of all, talk to Abby <laughs> like what's going on in your brain and have a fucking real lunch break. Don't eat your lunch in 15 minutes at your desk. That will help and set boundaries literally. And so like this morning, my work day today was entirely different than yesterday because I turned off notifications. I had specific things that I was going to do in the morning. I took a 45 minute lunch break, like a 45 minute lunch break and ate it at a table, not on my phone. (laughs) It's amazing. And it's just little stuff like that, that I'm like, I, those are my non-negotiables and I, I'm the only one who can make that happen. And it makes me feel a crap ton better. So yeah, other people can't enforce you to enforce your own boundaries. Right, right. So decide what yours are and stick to them. I hope you like this peek in our brain. Truly, this was like us workshopping our emotions out with you guys. I'm sure there will be a follow-up to this conversation that was as we get more clarity on what the French shows to even do moving forward. If you're struggling with any of these headspace issues, want to talk it out, please don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram. Send us a voice memo. We'll send you one back. We're over there at Boss Project. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.